Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And this episode, I'm just going to preface, is going to be what I would call interesting. It was originally (laughs) going to be an unhappy hour, and then it ballooned into something way too long for that. I am drinking wine, though, because this makes me really sad, and I've been putting off talking about it. Yeah, we did. For a long time. I I originally... So today we're talking about when a fandom hurts you. And we're not talking about toxic fandom, which can hurt you, absolutely. Uh, We're not talking about when a property, looking at you, Star Wars, continues to make choices that hurt you, (laughs) storyline-wise. We're talking about, like, when you have to leave because it's just hurting so badly and this is about harry potter and jk rowling so with that there is a content warning for suicidality and transphobia but this is because it was originally going to be an unhappy hour i just want to stress like this is very much my personal how i've been dealing with this this is not prescriptive everyone is different And I wanted to talk about it when we did, Joey came on and did a great episode about kind of the timeline of J.K. Rowling's transphobia and the damage that it's done. But because that episode was long, we didn't get to talk about the emotional part of it, which I think a lot of people leave out of this conversation. I think there are a couple of reasons for why they do that. But again, yes, this is very much like me talking, me coming from a very personal place. Uh, So I just want to make that 1,000% clear before we get into this. This is a very personal thing. Uh, It is not our typical, like, researched... I have a lot of research about this just in my brain, but it wasn't, like, a researched episode. (laughs) I think I will say this for anyone who was a fan and a Mm -hmm. true fan. Like, I really liked it. I wasn't emotionally attached to it. Like, so so I don't... 
I get it. And I have a very, very, very sad opinion because I wasn't emotionally attached to it. But people who are, and we know there's tons and tons of people who are and were, it's going to fall into being controversial no matter what. Yeah. And it's going to be a heavy topic, unfortunately, because that's what happens when you fall in love with something so hard and identify with it. That's the part. Yeah. When you identify with it so much and it feels like you've broken a part of your identity, yeah. that's going to cause a crisis. And this is what this is about. It is. It is. And I'm mostly talking about it because I have a I have a a big group of friends that still enjoys Harry Potter fan fiction. Like they're very clear they don't support her monetarily. And I was just thinking about like but I feel like there's this whole emotional part we're just not talking about. Like what you're saying, Samantha, like when you, someone described it to me the other day when I was kind of complaining about it. And she was like, it sounds like you broke up with an abusive ex and everyone's still hanging out with that person. <laughs> and you're kind of taking it personally, even if that's not what's happening at all. But yeah, it, it does feel, it, it has a lot of emotions tied into it. A lot of people do identify it with it really hard. And I think that means that we get defensive when we have these conversations that don't have perfect answers. Like there's not a, I don't have some solution here I'm going to present. Um, I would say don't support her financially, but I don't have a, a solution. And honestly, like I'm going to Universal in October and that was one of the first things I thought was, what am I going to do? And I was like researching, does she get this money? Like, what am I going to do about this? Harry Potter part of the Universal Park and just like if my friends want to go am I gonna like not go like what right. what, what am I gonna do <laughs> wouldn't it be that you just shouldn't buy things there because it's a part of the Universal pay already and she right. probably already gets a chunk of that anyway just right. for having it there but like to go in there and then buy something that would be the profit so yeah no butterbeer for you <laughs> no, I'll make my own damn butterbeer, but I probably won't because it makes me so sad now. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of the point is I don't... <sighs> this episode, I'm, I, I'm embarrassed by it, but I might cry. I'm probably going to get emotional. I know it sounds silly to some of you. I'm going to explain why, but like, I don't want to... If you can enjoy it without supporting her... I don't want to be the person that comes in and ruins that for you. I'm actually kind of jealous of you. <laughs> One does not make better than the other uh, because I really don't have any judgment. We're all different mental gymnastics and how we deal with these things. But one thing that I think has really hung me up on this conversation is my dad was kind of controlling about what you could enjoy based on what he enjoyed. And so I think I've gotten really in my head about I don't want to ruin it for other people. But it also means I'm not explaining to other people how much it kind of hurts <laughs> me. Right. So it's just kind of it's built up. So I, I, I'm worried if I go and don't buy something there, I'll still just be a miserable person to be around. But also if I leave, then that's going to make them feel bad. Like, I don't know what the good solution is here. Right. <laughs> right. And speaking of, like, to be clear, I don't, I don't have great coping mechanisms. I do really use media as an escape. I use it to cope with trauma. So when I do lose that, it is hurtful. 
which I don't think is necessarily unhealthy, but I feel like I lean into things so hard. And again, maybe that's not unhealthy either, but that means it hurts a lot. (laughs) It hurts like a lot. And it's just, it's sort of embarrassing because it feels trivial. I know there's so many bigger problems um, in the world, but it's, it is something you use because of those bigger problems. (laughs) Like you use it and... I think it impacts a lot more than people realize, especially people who don't do this, who don't, like you said, maybe aren't attached to it. Like, maybe you like it, but you're kind of like, eh. So when you lose it, it's sort of like, oh, that's sad. But but there are people who do. And I know people still uh, continue to use it to cope, even knowing about her but not supporting her. Um, and I totally get that. I really do. Uh, but that's that's kind of the what I wanted to talk about because I did love it so much. Like, if you had told me like a decade ago, I would have laughed in your face and been offended if you'd said like, it's not going to be part of your life anymore. And it might be surprising to hear that because like if you've been listening to me on this show, you might think like, oh, she'd been more likely to give up Harry Potter than Star Wars. That is not true. (laughs) Uh, In fact, one of the reasons I'm so into Star Wars right now is because I have always loved it, but then the pandemic happened and I lost Harry Potter and I was like, oh God, I got to find something to fill that space. I hate it. I hate that it hurts so much. It shouldn't. It's dumb. (laughs) All right, so let's go ahead and put a cap on this. Because you feel things this deeply... You should realize and validate that because it was a big part of your life. And to call it dumb or to call it something and try to squash it, it makes it worse. You're trying to invalidate yourself when you know it's a lie. So you're lying to yourself and it's just (laughs) going to trigger so many things. So go ahead and stop because this is loss. And no matter what, for you, loss is significant. And for you who don't mourn well, (laughs) this is going to be a greater impact. Because you try to ignore it. Which, by the way, sharing with our listeners is a beautiful and vulnerable thing. And I hope they understand and you understand how big of a deal this is. So no matter what, this episode with you being heartbroken makes sense. And it's okay. And you got to figure out how to deal with that somehow because it's not going away. So with that, and as much as you want to try to replace it, that doesn't work. No yeah. matter what, because the emo- initial emotions is something that you're going to long for always because you can never replace that. And again, with the first love, it's something new and it's something that is brand, even if you find a new love, it's still something different. So it's okay. <laughs> it's not dumb. Don't say that because this is very valid. And just because not everyone understands, it doesn't change anything because there's a lot more people who do. So, deep breath. <laughs> Let's put that to the side. Don't say that. And listeners, you feeling that is okay too? <laughs> yeah, thank you. I mean, it's it just, it does feel like grieving. And I'm going to talk about that more, about what that is. But I think also a part of it is, I really did grow up with it. 
I know it sounds kind of trite, but I really did. Like, it's a long time to love something. It's a long time. I think I read the first book when I was nine. And it was just a big part of my life. And it was how I met friends. Like, some of my closest friendships was made over, over this. And I was kind of mocked for it because I feel like Harry Potter eventually achieved a mainstream acceptance. But for a while, it was sort of seen as like, you that's sort of silly. Like, don't talk, that's embarrassing, especially as you got older. And so I really defended it. Like, I stood up for it. It was a part of my identity. It, it, it was the version of Star Wars now where, like, if you didn't know what to get me, you would just give me something in that realm and I would be very happy. And I would say that she was a feminist. I would say, like, no, she's out there, like, doing this good thing. And so it's sort of embarrassing in that sense, too, because some people and I know I know what they mean, but some people would be like, I guess I was right. And it was bad all along. And I'm like, that does not help me. I get what you're doing. <laughs> but The only people I know who said that it was bad all along was the ones who would say it's witchcraft. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which was my parents. So <laughs> they would hate it more because they were feminists. So. Right. Because <laughs> she is. She's a turf. We mm-hmm. know that. Yes. Uh, they think themselves feminists, but they exclude. So Yes. And we're we're gonna talk about that too. Cause that that's that's one of the things that hurts the most, I think, is that I did think this about her, and then she just is using that to hurt people and convince people and normalize a thing that is just hate. Some people have also argued I'm actually being sexist and judging her harder. I do not think so. I do get that that happens sometimes, but I think if you're calling yourself a feminist and then you're doing this, then I don't, I don't think that's the same. <laughs> I don't think right. that's the same. For me, I will say when I was before all the big things happened, I would not watch with Johnny Depp. So all the yeah. newer stuff, I didn't watch it, uh-huh. and I still haven't. Yeah, because I'm sorry, Johnny Depp is on my no list, and I know that that's a whole thing. But whatever, I have a whole no list. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of men are on it. Yes. <laughs> I'm with you. He's online as well now. Um, but I also think, I kind of want to come back and do a whole episode on this, but I also think there's this thing that's happening where there's a nuance between being a bad feminist, but then just using that as an excuse. Like, you can acknowledge and say, like, I, I like these things that are problematic. But there's a difference between that and being like, oh, well, no one's perfect when you're just... When the not perfect is outright harmful, like mm-hmm. it's a it's a nuance, it's a fine line. But I feel like some people are just like, oh well, I'm not perfect, so they don't talk about it. They're just like, well, yep, too bad. But we right. kind of have to talk about it. <laughs> <sighs> some people have also said that they understand why she's cruel and callous because she's dealt with so much from actual terrible people. Okay, but. This is happening with, like, people who love her and are not trying to, like, they are terrible fans. Don't get me wrong. Horrible fans. But this is coming from, like, people who are like, I want to love your work. Hey, why are you doing this? Or what do you even think about this sometimes? Like, not even what are you doing? And she's just hateful and dismissive. And that's, I hate that, too, because I would count myself in that of, you know, I'd never... (laughs) like attacked J.K. Rowling online. But 
I just feel like she's so, I'm getting wrapped up in how she's talking about these people, these people being the people she perceives as have targeted her, when I'm really just like, no, you're hurting people. All right. When you see outright posts saying, please don't do this, my heart is breaking. I've leaned on you so hard. This is one of the most like heartbreaking things that you would attack who I am. Mm -hmm. And her response is callous and cold and being like, well, you're not a woman or this, which is her responses to things. And then being invalidating. It's one thing, again, to be like criticized and to go back towards them. But to invalidate a person's love for you. Wow. That's cold. Yeah. And it's like, this is one of the things that bothers me because I have had disagreements um, with friends about this. And it almost always boils down to like the monetary part, which I do, I get. But the thing is, I supported her monetarily for a long time. Like the reason she's able to, she keeps tweeting about like, oh, I'll just watch my royalty checks. That's me. Like that monetary part, I am a part of it now, even if I don't want to be. And so it's just so infuriating when she does that, where it's like she's being hurtful and cruel and to the people who did provide (laughs) those residuals that are allowing her to make these very cruel comments. It's messy. Like, I I understand that it's messy, but that's one of the things that I keep getting hung up on is that I did support her quite a bit. And speaking of, this is not a gatekeepy fan competition because I think... I feel like a lot of times this devolves into who's the bigger fan, and I don't think that's useful at all. But when I say I I was a fan, I was a fan. Like, I was a huge fan. And now, because of how she's behaved, I can't even read fan fiction anymore because it's just, it just hurts. Like, it's the first thing I think of. It's the only thing I can think of is, like, but she she said this, or she did this, or she really kind of hates a lot of people and I might be in that circle like it's a very I can't do it and again that's a very personal thing Uh, I know people that can uh but I can't and I think one of the arguments I've heard a lot is um about fan fiction in particular I know she's terrible but these characters mean too much to me like go. Which I understand. But I hate it when people say that because it makes, it implies that I didn't love them as much as you did and that it didn't hurt <laughs> or that it was easy or that it was like a choice I made because I really did it. <laughs> it just hurt too bad. I chose to stop supporting her financially, but I didn't choose to let go or be forced out of it. So it really riles me up when people say that. (laughs) I do get it. I really honestly do. And as we talked about in the episode with Joey, (sighs) this situation with J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter is really unique. She is at the heart of it, essentially. Unlike a lot of other decentralized entertainment like Star Wars, that's just her thing. And she's the very public face of it. And she's very publicly and very cruelly and very mockingly doing these things. And I feel like a lot of people do like to, whenever I bring this up, they like to do whataboutism of like, but what do you think? What entertainment you like is not good either and all this stuff. Some people have even bought up like old timey books that are on her like school book list. They're like, that is not the same. Look, 
I don't have like <laughs> I didn't personally seek that out. I there's a difference between something happening in the 1800s, which by all means, yes, let us call out how problematic it was, versus someone like in our current world, <laughs> like today maybe, doing these things that are just impacting current politics, as we talked about in the episode of Joey. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. Uh, I literally did have a dream that she had people stone me to death and laughed while I died like a week ago. <laughs> and this is someone I used to idolize. I have her autograph. like, And I really did hold on to it for as long as I could. And I admit it because I knew I, in 2018 was when it was first like something's something's amiss here. <laughs> and right. it wasn't until 2020 that I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore, which is when she really, really doubled down. Yeah. Yeah. She was starting to like some comments and everybody's like, wait, what? Yeah. Because she was. She was, She seemed like part of the problem was her persona was championing Yes. Marginalized folks at one point, the whole Dumbledore conversation about him. Yeah, he's definitely gay to Hermione being played by uh, a black woman being like, why wouldn't she be? I never said she was white. Like all these things that made you think that she was for you, like for the marginalized, which again, books like these, especially when you have a character that's an orphan immediately, like as a person who was literally an orphan living in an orphanage, like that is a call out to love this character because you feel pity for this character and then you feel some sense of commonality because they're the underdogs. Like, that's what you know with kindness and, and caring, which, again, my social worker friends and I laughed because they're like, if that was a real person, he would have been real f***ed <laughs> up. And, like, he would he would have committed a lot of crimes and or be so introverted and awkward that we would have societal issues like me. <laughs> but all that to say, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> these fictionalized characters are built up so that you can feel a commonality. And as we know today, as she did as a ch- as a child herself, she's talked about it being feeling like the underdog the entire time. So that's a call out to those who felt that way in real life and finding a character to love and then finding different characters that could be you. So like having a Hermione character and a Ron character and all the different out characters, outside characters made you fall in love with that situation and, and wish you were a part of that world because she created this world. Like, no matter what, yes, she is talented. Mm-hmm. Like, she's an awful person, but she is talented and we know that. And unfortunately, she built up this love for years because I also watched in real time a good friend of mine, I've talked about her before, whose life was in shambles. Like, I, I watched her going through so much in college and, and like, watching and having to be careful to care care for her because her stability was so unsure. I've seen so many things in her life. I was like, oh, my God, is she okay? Leaned so hard into Harry Potter that when people would question it, she would break down as well. Like, one person, like, you're in college. Why do you like this? And that was like, she was there from the beginning, too. But we, again, age different. <laughs> she was late high schools into college when she was loving it. And People would make fun of her because, yes, us as college students, we would just be like, what are you doing? (laughs) This is a kid's book, whatever, whatnot. But then seeing her lean so hard into it and finding defensiveness and making sure you understood how important it is to her. Again, I don't know where she stands today. We haven't talked in a long time. But I I realized, oh, wow, okay. This This is her reality. 
that fictional land is her reality and she needs it to cope today or everything will fall apart. Like when we talk about suicidality, I was watching her. Let's just say it like that. But when she would lean into it and just watch these movies repeatedly, read these books repeatedly, look into the world repeatedly because she needed that to survive literally to the next day. So knowing that and then having that world fall apart because the person who created it, who you loved because they created this world for you. And then they said, yes, this is my world that I want you to be a part of. You're welcome where you can feel safe. And then to rip that from you is is heartbreaking. And it's not only heartbreaking, once again, mourning, you've lost something. Yeah. And that was me. Like, I think I I did what I had to do to survive, as you said, but I did, like, I would sit in my room and I would just hold the book and I would be like, I can, I can get through this because I have this. And it might not be the healthiest thing, but it was like what I had. And... I did, when I would have suicidality, I would think, well, you don't know how Harry Potter ends yet. So that's something to keep fighting for. So it was like, it was such a big part of my life at my darkest, like darkest times. And now, yeah, it does. It's like alienating me and like making me feel unsafe. I had I had a friend say like, every time I see someone in Harry Potter cosplay, I have to wonder like, are they a safe person for me to be around like do I know how they are are they like they know but they're like able to deal with it do they know and they agree like all of those things um and it's also kind of like (laughs) it's not fun having to explain it I had to explain to my mom why she should stop giving me Harry Potter stuff oh no it's just like I know that's really silly but it's not fun to have to be like well actually Turns out this thing that I really convinced you was great is not so great. (laughs) And now it hurts because it is, it's like you enter this safe space, you go to this sort of escapist fantasy world and you trust it to make you feel, to feel safe. And then, yeah, it turns around and hurts you instead. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Another part of this has been hearing from listeners, which some of you, admittedly, like a lot of years passed over these messages that I've been hearing. So you, your opinion, listeners, might have even changed. But uh, some of you are, have explained how you're able to still enjoy it. Um, but others have said, like, how much it, it just wrecked you. And that started becoming, I couldn't stop thinking about that either. So, which is not, like, please don't feel like you don't, you didn't ruin anything for me. She did. Like, like don't feel bad about that. But it did, it just became like, I couldn't stop thinking about that. And also now I wonder about conservative parents who did, yeah, once were like, it's witchcraft and banned it. And now are very happy to share it with their kids. I feel weird about kids reading it. I would never, ever, ever, like, I don't know, come at a kid and tell them <laughs> But it does, I just, I wish if this hadn't happened, I would have, like, loved to have shared that. And now it's become a kind of a not, no, no, I would not love sharing it anymore. I think about that also uh, because my nieces have gotten into them recently. I think, not when I say recently, last five years. And I found that shocking because, again, my mom was like, it's witchcraft. Never will I have it. And my sister even said that, too. Um, and then all of a sudden, they're older high schoolers, and they're all reading Harry Potter. And I was like, "What's going? What's going on? What's going on? Oh, they, mm-hmm. they let you read Harry Potter? They're okay with? They watched Harry Potter with you? Like all these things? Right. They per- literally never until that point. And then I think about it. I'm like, well, and I'm going to say this very frankly, um, and not to hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm like, it kind of shows me that a, either you are not friends with the people who are in this community who has been truly hurt by this, or B, the people, we know there's a lot of trans people who are like, we're fine with it. This is fine. This is nothing to do, like that separation and that's yeah. for them and themselves. And I get that. And it's this whole other level of like being, saying that they can separate the art from the artist right. conversation. Um and it's kind of like, huh, okay, I can't give you that opinion because you, as a trans person, you have to decide for yourself. I'm not, I have no stake in that matter. And that sense that, like, everybody gets hurt, but I'm not right. personally attacked here. Right. So it's kind of one of those things like, okay, I'm going to leave it be, but do you see it for the people that you don't even know? And it is a question of empathy. Uh, and, and I know that word is really popular right now and everybody's like I'm an empath and I do these things I'm like I have to question do you not understand when you see these really hurtful words that you may not be that identifier 
But for a person to say that you're invalid, you're not a woman, and then this new rhetoric of like they're stealing from us. I'm like, what, right. what are they stealing? I don't understand. They're trying to replace us. That was the thing. And I was like, what? Right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm just physically laughing. I'm like, that is the oddest way of seeing this. Like, then every baby girl born is trying to replace you. If that's your mentality of like a. I don't under- Anyway, that's a whole other yeah. sidetrack. I'm like, there's so many <laughs> things. I'm like, where do you get this? That that you might, there's that question. I'm like, I don't think you do because you're either you're not looking deep enough or you're being very, very uh, cavalier about this topic. Maybe you're just ignoring it because that's what you have to do and that's what you want to do to keep the safety. And I, I understand that to a certain extent. But yeah, there's this level of like, do you true? I don't think it, it I, I think there's a level of disconnect mm-hmm. if you can do that. And I think they would, like, I say that in a way that sounds harsh, but it's true. Like they're like disconnected or separated as they would say, or people would say. And that's, that's an interesting way of doing it. I can't do that. Like I can't do that for anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is why I miss out on a lot of things. But, <laughs> um, but that's the whole thing, it's like, which is why I'm like, I can't watch this. I can't see this. I cringe at this. Like, those are this level. And not that it makes me better. It doesn't. I feel like I miss out on so many things because <laughs> of that level. But you have to question, like, okay, what's the motive? Mm-hmm. And it, and again, if it's for safety, there's I, I get that to that extent. I do, too. And we're going to come back to your point about, like, it's not, it's not being better um, necessarily. That's not like not what I want you to, I'm not trying to be like shaming you for liking something. Cause I, like I said, as much as it annoys me when it comes up in argument, uh, everything is problematic and I get that. And everyone sort of has their, their own personal lines, what they can deal with, what they can disconnect. And I get that too. I guess what I'm trying, I really just want for anyone else who feels this, I just want to let you know, like, I feel it too, because it does get lost in, I think it does get lost in a really, like, black or white monetary situation when we're not talking about, like, kind of that cultural impact, that cultural hurt, that cultural loss of losing something that made you feel really safe, or that just was a great coping mechanism for you or like something you have so many associated memories with and I did want to put in here because this comes up a lot this is really silly um but people tease me all the time because I won't eat Chick-fil-a because of homophobia (laughs) and they're always kind of joking like oh she has a code but I like their chicken nuggets too much and I always say it was like really easy for me to give up Chick-fil-a because I actually wasn't a big fan anyway so it's sort of like okay well I can give that up And I consume products that are terrible all the time. I use things, honestly, I use things I wish I didn't have to use, but they're kind of like the only game in town. But there's a difference between like a company that I really don't care about. I really don't care. And like media that you love that got you through like this really difficult time. And so I just, I guess I just want to say again, like it wasn't an easy thing. And... It, yeah, it has been like grieving. Um, and as I was saying earlier, I have gotten really in my head about like, I don't want to bring down people's joy because it brought me so much joy. But then at the same time, I'm not acknowledging that it's like bringing me down. <laughs> and 
they talk about it. And so I kind of shut down. I close off when it comes up, which is not like the healthiest thing. I think I really haven't allowed myself to say any of this out loud. So I'm hoping maybe this is actually going to be a healing, kind of a healing moment. Um, But also, I do want to acknowledge this. A lot of this has played out on Twitter. And I have, most of my friends don't use Twitter. Haven't ever. Like, and so, I mean, there's an argument to be made about like willful ignorance, sure. But I also think like they might not know the extent. And I always feel weird when I'm like, well, did you know about this? (laughs) Like if I want to give all the examples. Because there's a weird spot you're in then when if they're like, yes, then you feel that's not a great feeling. <laughs> but if they're like, no, it's just a risk. It's a roll of the dice. Um, but I will acknowledge, especially because I have like really have gotten off most of social media. Like I barely use it now. And sometimes you'll say something. I'm like, no, I had not heard anything about that. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand. I do get that that is a thing. I also get that it's not fun to talk about. Um, and yes, I do not want people to like compliment me. Or say like, oh, yes, I get it. You're stronger and better than I am. I I don't want that. That is not true. (laughs) That is not what it is. Uh, I just, yeah, I just wanted to share it because if anyone else feels it, but also to people who are still able to enjoy it, especially in ways that don't make her money, I don't blame you. And I really am happy for you. It's hard for me to show it, I can admit, but I am like, I miss it. And sometimes I think like maybe one day I could too, but I don't think so. Like, she would have to, like, really, really change her tune and make amends, and it would still take a long time. But I, you know, who knows? I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty. I don't, I, honestly, it's a shitty situation. <laughs> like, it just sucks for everybody. <laughs> it's not something I'm looking at uh, guilting people about. But I guess, like, I don't like the, a lot of the arguments I'm seeing which there are a lot of arguments about it, does revolve around like who is who's a bigger fan. And it being like, well, you gave up on it completely and I didn't. Or, well, I gave it up and you didn't. I don't think that's the conversation we should be having, honestly. Because it just, it just hurts. It just hurts. And I feel like I keep saying giving up, but really it's forced out. <laughs> like it's, it it does feel like it's it's like grieving a loss. Um, and because I loved it so much, like I opened myself up to it hurting me this badly. I get that for some of you, you're listening to this and you're like, what are you, <laughs> why is this such a big thing? But it is that, like, I understand that for some people, it's it doesn't have these emotional stakes. But I think like this argument that I'm seeing, I think we should all remember like we're different when it comes to how we deal with something like this, which again is pretty unique. And maybe neither is stronger or better. And that's the point. Um maybe maybe it shouldn't be a fan competition about who loves something more. Because that's really hard to judge, and I also don't think that's healthy. But I do think the fact that I loved it that much and left should say uh, something about how bad she is. Right. I think our listeners 
probably aware, but that's the biggest thing is to make sure you that everyone understands what's at stake necessarily. And when you see rhetoric and laws being changed based on things that people write, which literal laws are being changed and or introduced in the UK based on what J.K. Rowling has written and has been presented in the United States as well as to why trans people should not exist, essentially. Like, that's what they're saying. And we are seeing a widespread of anti-trans, anti-LGBTQIA plus uh, laws happening all over the world. Like in the U.S. and in the U.K., we see it uh, in a whole different way. And it's it feels like it's they've been waiting and then having an influencer like her who has money to back it up as well, because we also know she's donated to several of these causes. So instead of actually like not donating to anything or donating to something that's actually good, she donates to anti-things. So that's the conversation that we're having, as well as the fact that both the publishers, the movie executives, and herself put her face as the uh, spokesperson for Harry Potter. And that's that's part of that conversation too. It's not necessarily Daniel Radcliffe. It's literally Mm -hmm. her. Yeah, and that's one of the things I think about a lot is once the Max show, the reboot, got greenlit, she said something like, you can cry your tears and have your boycott and I'll just be drinking champagne and counting my money. And so I think like even if, as long as companies don't feel that they have to cut her out, she's going to keep getting these deals and she's going to keep making that money. Whether you... Or, like, supporting her financially or not. Literally, she said for the game, the game company says she's not a part of it, she's not a part of it, but in the, you know that she's making millions of dollars off of it because she's a smart businesswoman. Once again, we're not taking that away from her. And she made sure (laughs) to get that copyright deal for everything. So, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's, she, a lot of times she kind of implies... She's probably outright said it, but I can't, I don't know for sure. But she implies, like, as long as she's still culturally relevant, then what she understands is people either agree with her or don't care enough to do anything about it. Right. And that, I I think I skipped over this bullet point, but one of the biggest things about her that comes up, again, when I'm having these disagreements with friends, is, like, not only is she, like, a pseudo-feminist, not a feminist at all, but, like, presents herself in that way and is therefore legitimized in that way a lot of people have said like oh she was cool with like you know a lot of queer stuff just not that trans part which they think is bad but i'm like well then i think that that's not she wasn't cool with any of right. that then. like i'm kind of like the same way we say an intersectional feminist is not a feminist you're not a feminist if you're a turf i think it's kind of the same <laughs> with like queer stuff <laughs> like well then she's not cool right. with it at all right <laughs> again like there's People have nitpicked her for everything. And I'm like, yeah. but I feel like there's still some validity. <laughs> and when you start yeah. looking at things, you're like, it's kind of the whole like, and this is what I was to- always told <laughs> by a person from England, so don't yell at me, that uh-huh. the whole like black-white is not an issue, but ethnicity. So when it comes to like uh, Pakistani people and such, like that's a big deal. And I... <laughs> It's kind of been implied to me, like, yeah, no, yeah, even though they may be cool with, like, 
having like interracial couples with black and, and, and white people outside of that. There's other ethnicities that that becomes a whole conversation. And there's been a whole rhetoric in TikTok in which slurs for Asian people is okay still there. And you're like, wait, what? And so there's a back and forth of like people like, no, it's yeah. not true. But they literally call Chinese food the derogatory word for Asian people. And I was like, wait, what? Wait, what? Like, and people are like, no, no, but it's it's just it's just the, that way. It's not a big deal. We're like, but it is. But no, but <laughs> <Right>? it is. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't yeah. know what's happening, but it is. But that level, of, like, just because it's not the same mm-hmm. as in the in other places, doesn't mean it doesn't exist there. Again, with her, like, oh yeah, she's cool with this specific type of marginalized people, but outside of that, not cool. Right. Doesn't mean she's cool. <laughs> right. Yes, I agree <laughs> so much. Uh, yes, and I know, like, uh, I'm not gonna get in trouble for saying that. Sorry, UK people. <laughs> well, let us know um, <laughs> <laughs> kindly, please. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. And I, I just want to say here, because I I hope it's clear that Samantha knows I when I love something, I love something. Sure. This is not this is not a conversation. I was dreading it. I've been putting it off. Like I didn't want to have it. I really am not finding any joy in <laughs> doing this. Like I'm not like gleeful. That oh, I've, you you all who are still you know in this world, I am like finding glee that I I am better than you when I've moved on. I'm not like this is like a really <laughs> it hurt. I hope it's clear in my voice. Like it was right. It's not something 
I'm trying to make you feel bad about. Um, but it is in, in our show, and as you know, we have to talk about the hard stuff, the things that make you uncomfortable, and and the things that you have to have this. I mean, like we could talk about the Asian model minority myth, which is popping back up right now in the U.S., which we will. I've also been putting that off uh, because I get very angry and upset about it because this level of uh, supremacy, supremacy ideal, which is exactly what's happening with J.K. Rowling. She feels this level of supremacy over a group of marginalized people and wants to maintain that power because for some reason it threatens her, which is not true. Mm -hmm. Again, that's what they are saying. They They feel threatened at this imaginary idea of someone else being who they are <laughs> like again i'm still very confused by this whole we're being replaced i was like what are you are you no longer a woman like did you what's happening why are you congratulations if you're not if that's how you feel because you feel different go ahead but i don't think anybody's forcing you to be anything else so i'm not really sure how you're being replaced but okay once again mm. but yeah this is the whole conversation that we have to look to it it's not a pretty pristine world and these minute, what we would say minute details or what you would think is like a smaller conversation is a big conversation because as we talked about in intersectionality is that if one group of per- people are oppressed or marginalized, it means everyone is going to be affected by this conversation. And when we look at the fact that if one per set of people do not have the freedom and the rights, then no one is safe and no one like, it's not true freedom. Well, again, we've talked mm-hmm. about that before. It's not true equality in any of that. And that's the intersectionality of it is looking at the basis of every group is affected differently and some people are affected more. And we have to talk about why that breakdown is happening, even if it makes us uncomfortable because we may not be a part of that group, but we see it and we know that that is damaging for everyone. Like, I hate to be like that narcissistic because it's not about us, but it can't, it ha- like, it, that's the truth of it all. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. until that is broken down, it's not true. This idea of equality is not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that these, these conversations are also tough because you have to acknowledge what you were previously allowing to be okay. And I think people, including me, like everybody, I think it's a natural response uh, to feel defensive when you get those questions and to sort of try to point out like, well, in what way are you not a hypocrite? We're all hypocrites. Um, well, and the bigger, it's just, it, well, it comes down to what are you upholding? Are you upholding mm-hmm. uh, oppression, supremacy, <laughs> and overall power? Or are you looking at true equality? And that's, and it, does affect everything, no matter how trivial you think it is. To pretend like it doesn't is just as naive. Um, I'm being a lot more mean. <laughs> I'm a little, again, <laughs> I'm more, dis- I, I, I absolutely understand. I am definitely disconnected. I have an attachment issue in general, so I don't get attached to things too harshly because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure that I'm going to lose it at any point. That's my drama. But <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's, I mean, that's the reality is when we have these conversations and then when you, again, yes, you do your thing, you have to do what's safe for you and then you have to do it in your own timing, whatever that might be. But we're not, it, it, we can't pretend 
that it's not something that can affect something. Like it, it affects things. There is a cause and effect to everything. And you have to weigh that. You do. You do. And I also just, quick final note, I want to say sometimes when we do this podcast, I feel really terrible because perhaps I'm essentially having an argument that I haven't had with a real person. <laughs> but it's like, come up, you know what I mean? And they're not here to present their side. And to that end, I want to say that I'm also, I'm really bad at letting things go. I'm really, I want to be better at having a disagreement. I want to be better about like not shutting down and making people feel like they can't share something they love with me. I think this is a complicated thing because it does hurt. But I also think because I haven't allowed myself to grieve yet, that maybe I will get better. That's also like a toxic. I, I know that about myself. And I also, I mean, you all know, I get how fun it is to talk about your fan fiction. And so sometimes it's it feels like I am being very selfish because I'm like, I don't want to hear about your Harry Potter fan fiction because it's just upsetting. Um, and that means I've stopped talking about my fan fiction pretty largely too. <laughs> but it's like, it's just like this protective mechanism kicks in and is like, no, you can't. You cannot deal with this. Um, and I just, I want to work on that. I want to find a better way to recognize my negative emotions and deal with them. But I also just want to say that is something I should do. But really, I also think I'm being too forgiving of J.K. Rowling because she's kind of the one that's bringing you down, not me. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So thank you so much, Samantha. You've been very supportive in this thing I was putting off for so long. <sighs> um, and to any listeners who feel the same, I am here. I am with you. Uh, you can email us at stephydmomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at stephmonevertoldyou. We also have a tea Public store with merchandise. Or we have a book that you can pre-order at stuffyoushouldreadbooks.com, audio form or physical form. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Steph Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect, whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. 
So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.